my, 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 my. I'm going to tell you right now, you could go to a party, but there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. When apostolic people get together full of the power of the Holy Ghost and they begin to lift up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, let me tell you, something begins to shift in the atmosphere. So one more time, I want you to lift up a crazy shout of praise. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. I praise you. That's how you know you're in an apostolic church that still believes in the power of God. Because when everybody else would go sit down and, and, and straighten up their tie and get everything looking all good, when everybody else would do that, the apostolic people just, they just can't seem to step away because there's so, I feel something different than I felt when I was in the crack house. I feel something different than I felt when I was gangbanging. I feel something different than when I was in the strip club. You see, what I feel is the power and the presence of the creator of the entirety of the universe. Hallelujah. Come on, give somebody a high five and tell them you're in an apostolic church. Amen. God bless you as you return to your seats. I don't want to quit. But I think that the Lord wants to do something. I spent... You can tell I've been spending a lot of time around the bishop. You just start singing sentences, yeah. Well, 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 well. Hey, my God. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Hey. God. Praise God. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop. I said, stop it. 
Now listen, I said stop. You see, that's what happens when the world says to calm down. It makes me want to get up even more. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Praise God. You know what? I don't mean to be carnal in a moment like this, but if, if they heard of Sunday Night Live, they wouldn't be a person in America watch Saturday Night Live ever again. Because there's something, there's something about a Sunday night at the Rock Church when the Holy Ghost gets to moving. Praise God. All right, let's go back to our seats. In all seriousness, if you don't do it, I'm going to just... Praise God. I, I am so glad to be here tonight, and I do give high honor to your bishop and first lady. Don't you love your bishop and first lady and their family? I do give very high honor to them, to the Sloss family. Don't you love the Sloss family? And all of the leadership here, uh, it is world class world class and uh, I give honor to the music your music department is one of the best and you know preachers will go places and they'll say you got one of the best I've ever heard and I gotta be honest that's one of those lies that a preacher tells and he gets forgiveness for later but there ain't one man or one woman that has to get up here and say, y'all are good and lie about it. It is, your music is incredible. I can feel the power and the presence of the Lord. I give honor to my wife. I was so nervous this morning. I was so nervous this morning. I forgot to mention the best part of me. And that is my wife. And she is pregnant. Little boy on the way. Thank God. You know, I, uh, I have two daughters back home, Vivian and Gemma. If you're watching, I love you. And Mommy and Daddy will be home tomorrow. But uh, I've been swimming in a sea of estrogen for quite some time. And I don't know if you've ever swam in that ocean before, but it can get quite choppy. And there's a lot of times you just put the floaties on and you just, you button up, buttercup, because you just, whatever it takes you. So I'm glad there's going to be more testosterone in that house. Praise God. I do love her. And i tell you who else I'd like to give honor to. I don't know if they're watching tonight, but the Saints of Apostolic Tabernacle. I love my church. Amen. I, uh, I got good reports from back home today. I'm so thankful for my awesome church. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to act like I went home and I prayed until tonight. I took a nap. Because y'all wore me slap out this morning. I hit a, I've got to be honest with you. My wife let me hear it later. I hit a note this morning that sounded like a lady. And I've never sang that high in my life. 
She said, we're going to have to buy a house in Fort Myers if this is what it does to you. So, it's a vacation home for anybody that's watching in Wilmington. Vacation home. Uh, but I tell you, I, I went back and I did spend time in prayer before and after my nap. And uh, I wish I could get up here and we could have just kept on shouting. But I feel that I would have been doing you a disservice. Because God started a work this morning. And we were touched by the power and the presence. Now, when you think about what you were touched by this morning, you were touched by the same hands that formed the universe. And tonight, I believe God makes us whole for a reason. And I believe this morning he started a work. And I believe tonight he's going to continue it. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. Many of you could quote this scripture. But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people. That ye should show forth the praises of him. Who hath, everybody say, called called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Tonight, I don't know how it's going to end. I'm still young, you know, 32, been pastoring for a year and a half. I still got a lot to learn. I'm not quite as smooth as your bishop is. I'm trying. I'll get there. But I just got to, honesty is the best policy. I don't know what's going to happen at the end. I don't think we'll be shouting but I do think we'll be ready to tackle the entirety of the world. And that's what the Rock Church is here to do. Amen. I want to preach to you for a few minutes a call and a coffin. A call and a coffin. I like prayer. I know you love prayer. I wonder if you could put your Bible to your side, and I wonder if you could lift up your voice praying. Pray for me. Pray for the remainder of this service. God of heaven and of earth. Oh, we felt your presence tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done for us. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. God, we know that we can be changed by your word. Lord, and I just pray right now that you'll begin to move upon our hearts, begin to plow up the fallow ground that is within us so that this word can come in and make a difference. God, touch my lips of clay. I give myself to you wholly and completely. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, God bless you as you are seated tonight. A call and a coffin. There was a poem written by an unknown author that said, it's titled, The Call of Darkness. The author said, there is a call that emits from the dark of night. That reaches into the soul. It cries out from some unknown place bidding me come. It calls with promises of things I've searched for and longed for so. As I answered the call, the darkness surrounded me and choked out the light. The things it once promised now fade with the light as I succumb to its call. The darkness is here. It's real, but the promises fade. 
In my time of pastoring over the last few years, I can tell you that I have become acquainted with the call that this poet wrote about. I looked out over the last two years as people from all across the world were affected by the pandemic and everything it had to offer. In moments where cities and states would shut down, what we saw was some of the most incredulous things you've ever seen in your life. The call of darkness that was once drowned out by friendship and hope and love was now free to roam and call out to whomever it will. The call of darkness got stronger and stronger by each passing day, so it seemed, and it would be the call that would call us saying, we have something for you. The call would reach out, telling me, telling you, telling all of us that we can give you something that you have been searching for. The call of darkness can find somehow, some way, the deepest desires of the soul of man. And though it never intends to deliver on its promises, it promises nonetheless. I can give you hope, it would say. I can give you freedom, it would say. I can give you joy, it would say. It would reach out with all of its promises and all that succumb to the call or as our poet said tonight, Feeling the darkness. And as the darkness surrounds them and the light begins to fade, so do the promises. I've seen it with my own eyes. It calls out with a tenacity the likes of which I've never seen in my life. It calls out with a ferocity of which I have never seen before. It calls out to children and young adults. It calls out to youth and it calls out to the elderly and the adult. There is no person that is free from hearing the call of darkness. I will tell you tonight, it is not a call from pastors. Although pastors all across the world stand in pulpits, call you on the phone, try to reach out to you and give you a different call in your life. The call is not from your friends, although they will tag you, although they will tag you on Instagram and send you a video and FaceTime you and talk to you. No, it's not even from our parents. The call is from the wild, from the darkness, from secular culture. The wild, the call tells you that it will fulfill your heart's desires if you just take and take part in this moment of pornography. The call of the, te- of the wild will tell you that it will numb the pain if you will just binge watch the next Netflix favorite. The wild, the call that it tells you says if you'll just play your Xbox or your PlayStation all throughout the night until the day comes, you'll escape all of your problems and all of your loneliness. And what you'll find as soon as you heed the call is that you will realize the promises that were made by the call of the darkness and the wild of secular culture fall terribly short of your expectations. You found that that porn could only make you feel whole for a brief moment, but as the Bible says, the pleasures of sin only last for a season, and as soon as the season is gone, I'm left not just feeling empty again, but now I've got to deal with all the condemnation. 
You found that that binge watching that favorite show just left your mind numb, left you reeling with secular ideologies that goes against all that you've loved and known of God's word. Let me tell you, the call of the wild makes promises it cannot fulfill. You found that playing your video games all through the night until the daybreak only numbed the loneliness for a minute. Now you're lonely again now that you turn off the, the Xbox and put the PlayStation to sleep. What you'll find is now you have nothing more than a fuzzy head and lonely feelings. Let me tell you the call is real. I will tell you from experience it's a ferocious in its fervor as it is lofty in its promises. But if you answer the call of the wild, the call of the darkness, you will find that you cannot be fulfilled. The call of the wild calls out with small things in the beginning. Just go ahead and vape. And then the next thing you know, you're hooked on hard drugs. And you'll say, well, 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 Pastor Grizzle, that just, that's awful extreme. Well, I have a church with addicts in it that will tell you it never started with the hard drugs first. People that have now been delivered by the power of God that once heeded the call of the wild found nothing but emptiness there. I believe that's why Paul wrote us in first. Timothy or 2 Timothy in 2 and 22 telling us to flee youthful lust because there's things that our heart wants that the world says it can fulfill. But we have to resist the call. You see, there's push on you today to accept it. There's push on you to accept the ideologies. There's push on you to accept all of those things. But I'm here to tell you, listen to an apostolic preacher tonight that as there is a call that emits from the darkness. There is also a call that emits from a spiritual realm. Although the darkness too emits a spiritual call, this one is not of darkness, but it's a perfect light. There is a call that reaches equally as deep into the heart of man, promising things that it can fulfill on. I've known over history that there have been many attempts to blot out this call, to end it, to eliminate it altogether, but none have succeeded in eradicating this call that I'm talking about right now. Although the call of the wild seems louder at times, the call of the faithful light of God is forever faithful and it's as faithful in its reaching as it is in its promises. It too calls out from a deep place, asking, bidding, come and journey here. But at its depths, there is no overwhelming darkness there. At its depths, there are no promises that are broken there. The only thing residing in the depths of this call, this apostolic call, is a light that is purely emitted from our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that something that takes the darkness and blots it out altogether. And you say, hey, you may be offended if you're watching tonight. Some may say that, that you're proclaiming exclusivity. 
when you say it's the apostolic call. And I am sorry if you're offended by what I'm saying, but the Bible tells me there is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one Father of all that is in you all and through you all. So let me go ahead and tell you there is but one way to be saved and that is to obey the apostles' doctrine of water baptism, of repentance, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and it's to live a holy lifestyle. It's exclusive and it is true, but it is inclusive and it is that for us whosoever will come. I'm glad there's another call tonight, aren't you? The apostolic call, Peter said, was a call that called you out of darkness and into a marvelous light. It's a call of a better life. It's a call to abundance. You see, we get so caught up in victim mentality that we can't even find ourselves in abundance at times. Woe is me. I'm, I'm down. I'm lowly. I'm this and I'm that. Let me tell you, that is a trick of the devil to keep you exactly where you are. God said, Jesus said himself, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Let me tell you, it's still as abundant today as the day that he said it and it will continue getting better from here. It's a call to turn your morning, to trade your morning in for dancing like we were doing tonight. Maybe you felt like you couldn't dance the way that others dance. Well, let me just tell you, there's something calling out from the light of God tonight telling you that I can put something inside of you that if the world didn't give it, the world cannot take it away. There is no problem so big that your joy will quit residing within you. You can trade your mourning for dancing with the apostolic call of God. It's a call to have something inside of you that quicken the very body of Jesus Christ. I will tell you it's a call to holiness inside and out. And a lot of churches get it right on the outside. And it's a Sunday night, so I'm safe, right? It's Sunday night, so I'm safe. There's a lot of people that, 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 that dress it all up on the outside and they got it all together and they walk into conference and they walk into church and they got their heads so far up in the air that if it came a good rain, they would drown because they're so snooty. Let me tell you, when God called you to holiness, he called you to holiness inside first and it will make its way outside. Praise God. I believe it's a call to holiness, but I believe it's a call to sound doctrine. Don't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, it says, brother. You know why it said that? I believe he was not just talking about then. I wonder if he had a prophetic view into all the nonsense we would be dealing with today. There is so much false doctrine out there and we watch all these guys on, on, a, on the internet and we'll Joel Osteen it up and we'll TD Jakes it up and I'm not trying to run anybody down but let me tell you something. Anybody that will step away from the apostolic truth, I would rather hear my bishop preach on a Wednesday, on a Sunday than any man or woman of God that traded it in and preaches something that it's not biblical. 
I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care what kind of suit you live in. I want to see the fruit of sound doctrine. And this one gets people in trouble. It's a call to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but to walk in the Spirit. Some of the greatest men and women of God are people that were not just spiritual on Sunday, they were spiritual all the time. Let me tell you something 6 a.m. prayer, 6 a.m. prayer, it's of God. You know why? The first thing you're doing, or maybe if you work nights, it's the last thing you do before you go to bed. I don't know. But if you work in days like most people do, it's the first thing you do when you start your day. You come to the house of God. You walk in and spill time, spend time in God's presence. You could be the call of the bed rings out real loud, not wanting to wake up. But I'm glad there's some people in the world that will pry themselves from the laziness of the bed and find themselves at an altar. I believe that the apostolic call wants to take you places. I believe, I gotta be honest with you, I'm too bound to my notes. I'm done with that. I'm still figuring this whole preaching thing out, y'all. Forgive me. Call of God. It also calls you into the wild, it calls you into the wild of the wilderness. Many people think that when they answer the apostolic call, that they answer the call to go sit up in a bougie place and just hang out and chill. He did not win you to be a pew warmer. No, he didn't win you because you'd look pretty in a dress and nice in a suit. No, 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 he didn't just win you because you can sing good and you're going to sing on the praise team. Ever. No, 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 he won you because there is a mission and a call of God on your life. We get excited about conferences, but all of us hate the wilderness. I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 uh, I took over. You could be seated. I don't want y'all to have to stand up. My feet are hurting already. I took over from my bishop, my, my bishop uh, is my father-in-law, he was a pastor of the church for 30 years. My bishop would say, y'all want my walk, you want my talk, but you don't want the sacrifices that you got to have to get there. That's good preaching. Yeah. It offended me. It offended me. I was like, well, I do want it, and I can have it. I had no clue what I was asking for. I didn't have a clue. I bought his house. This is so funny. I bought the house my wife grew up in. We lived there. We started getting attacked by demons left and right. I woke up one night and I said, y'all got the wrong house. He moved. Like, he, he moved. Go over there. Yeah, they did. I'm not kidding. Next night, everything was copacetic, man. I was like, happy, sweet. They listen. I'm like, how did you sleep last night? He's like, it was a bad night of sleep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to me when I got the mantle of the pastor. I thought I didn't know this was going to happen. I got to be honest with you. It rested on me. 
Those stupid demons came right back to my house. And this time I didn't tell them to leave. You know why? Because God was calling me into the wilderness. See, the call of the wilderness is something we despise. It's something we don't want to take part in. It's something we don't want to feel. It's something we don't want to deal with. It's, it's battles we don't want to fight. We want all the anointing with no fighting. We want all the victories with no war. Now, I want to go kill some giants, but I really don't want to get a stone. You know, do I, really, I, just, I just got my nails done. Do I really have to get a stone? You know, this suit, it's tailored, so it fits a little tight. If I've been down to get a stone, I might pop my britches, you know. Like, are you sure? Let me tell you what God did. God, he, Jesus, God manifest in the flesh. He goes into the wilderness fasting for 40 days. And he's tempted of the devil. On the other side of the wilderness, he started or began his earthly ministry as we know it. Moses would go into the wilderness and fast for 40 days, Bishop, and he would come back with stone tablets. And he would bring them the Ten Commandments. The children of Israel would have to walk 40 years in the wilderness because there were some people that said it wasn't time yet. And they had to stay there till an entire generation would die. You see, on the other side of the wilderness, it's not everything we might think that it is. On the other side of wilderness is our mission. What do you mean? Well, Jesus came in after his wilderness experience. He did everything that the prophets said he would do. Moses came back. It was God's will that he be there. Then he brought that mission back with him. I'm encouraging you tonight. Don't despise your wilderness. There are some things that God wants to kill there that will keep you from getting the victory in the promised land. Don't despise your moments of hard work and prayer. Don't despise the days of fasting. Don't despise the attack of the enemy. Don't despise when the demons come knocking because when you get through the wilderness, you're going to find just on the other side a mission that will change the world. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. The wilderness is a place that we go to let some things go. It's God's proving ground. It's that I go in one way. Oh, but I come out another way. Now, Bishop, you know, I'm, I'm an oversharer. I'm an oversharer. I, I share a lot. You know, it's not good for a pastor to be as much of a sharer as I am. You know, I'm up here preaching and I just start sharing. But I've gotten a lot of good responses because people want to know that I've been through the same thing. Let me tell you what happened. I started fighting some stuff since the beginning of this year. It's been the hardest fight that my wife and I and our family has ever faced in our entire life. My father-in-law... He pastored the church for 30 years. He's our bishop now. He even said it, I haven't fought this hard in all my life. All of the things that were happening, all the demons, all the devils, all the problems. And I remember going to No Limits. I told 
Bishop about this story. I remember going to No Limits just a couple of weeks ago. And there was a service that happened on a Wednesday, on, a, on that uh, Friday night that I, I, it's one of the most powerful services I have ever been in in my life. And I remember that Bishop Elder, he walked up to me and he laid his hand on my head. And something happened that I have never experienced in all my life. I've heard people talk about it, but I've never experienced it. And all of a sudden, there was a tingling that went from the top of my head down to the sole of my feet. And it was like the top of my head was going to pop off. And I felt this warmth that went all over me, and I knew exactly what it was. He was praying for apostolic anointing and authority. And God in that moment just infused me with this apostolic anointing and authority and all of a sudden I'm sitting there crying and I'm sitting there praying and I'm sitting there speaking in tongues and glorifying God and I don't know who it was to this day but somebody walked up to me and they said God is going to bring you out of the wilderness I'm going to tell you I walked into the wilderness and it almost broke me Sometimes God wants us to be broken down so that he can build us back up. You see, my prayer is not that everything will be okay all of the time. My prayer is that God, whatever you've got to do, do it to me. If you've got to break me down, break me down so that you can build me back up. Whatever it is, I will go through the wilderness because I know my mission is just on the other side. You see, the call of the apostolic is not something I, uh, uh, you know what? Can I take my tie off, Bishop? Thank you. You know what? I told my wife earlier, I didn't know if I was going to have to preach, but I just figured out why. We're going to fight some stuff tonight. All right? We're just going to walk in it. Now, here's the deal. If you'll get behind me and get with me, God's going to change your life in just a few minutes, okay? But I'm going to tell you right now, there is no devil in hell that's going to come in and bind up what God wants to do in this house tonight. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to help me rebuke anything that would try to hinder or bind us in this place. Right now, I stand on the power and the authority of your word, the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I rebuke any spirit that hinders, that binds, and I pray right now we will walk in the freedom and the liberty that is in Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice and a shout of praise to God right now. Come on, that's it. Come on, just for another second and I'm going to get back to preaching, but I feel like we need to take this break and let God move. My God, my God. Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can be seated. Let me tell you what God did. God gave us this beautiful call. He gave us this commission to work together. See, apostolic, the root word is stello. It means to go. It means to be sent. 
God did not call you into the wilderness. And he did not bring you out for you to sit on it. He calls you out of darkness. And let me tell you, the darkness is strong sometimes. But he calls you out of darkness and into a marvelous light. And for some reason, the light that's shining like the children of Israel following the flame of fire, it's going to lead you right into the wilderness. And when you come out on the other side, you're going to find the apostolic mission. Let me tell you something about the apostolic mission that you know, and I've seen it in full display down here. There's no room for half-hearted work in the kingdom of God. The apostolic call is a call to be all in. I've been blessed to be able to go places before and do a, a lot of things, and this is just one of them, and I feel so blessed and honored to be here. You know, when you go on a trip, you'll, you'll depending on how long your trip is, you'll pack a bag, right? If it's an overnight, you'll take a duffel. If it's a couple of days and it's vacation and not a conference, you'll take a carry-on, right? Me, I'm big. It's a lot of fabric. Two suits, big suitcase. You know what I'm saying? A lot of fabric. I figured out why they charge more for 2X instead of X. Big boys need more fabric. You know, I would go overnight and I'd pack my duffel. I'd take my tennis shoes or whatever. I had my tennis shoes on, extra pair of underclothes, extra pair of clothes, and I'm good. I'd take a couple day trip, pack my carry on, take an even bigger trip pack my big suitcase for like, I pack my big suitcase to go out to California and it's, you know, five days of church or three days of church and five services. Sometimes when we feel the call of God in our lives, some people pack a carry-on and they say, this will just be for a couple days. You leave a Sunday night service and you walk out with a carry-on bag full of the Holy Ghost. And what you'll find is you got just enough Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost to get you to Tuesday night. But that's it. And if, you, if something happens and your car breaks down, you don't even have enough Holy Ghost to get you to prayer the next morning. We got to be careful how we're packing. Some of you will pack a carry-on, and it might get you five or six days, but then you'll find that it runs out. And, and, and some of you may bring a big old suitcase like, like this morning, and we walk out with enough to let us go for a couple of weeks. But let me tell you, God is calling us to take enough with us that we'll get renewed this day, the next day, the day after, and it'll be a perpetual movement and push for the kingdom of God. I'm coming to the entire crux of my sermon right here. But then, there are people that when they pack for the mission, they pack their coffin. There was a story of, in the 1880s of men and women that, to my knowledge, did not possess the fullness of truth, nor did they possess the infilling of the Holy Ghost. To my best research, I cannot find it. They were actually preaching false doctrine. 
But there was something that got a hold of their heart so much that when they were called to the field of mission, they would get a one-way ticket. You see, this wasn't vacation. They weren't going to the Bahamas and hanging out. They weren't going to Jamaica and, you know, just being there for a couple. No, no, no. These men and women bought a one-way ticket. And what they did was they took everything that they had, their, the husband, the wife, all of the children, and they took everything they had and they didn't pack it into a suitcase. They didn't pack it into a trunk. They didn't pack it into a box. They packed it into a coffin. They were saying, God, wherever you're sending me, I am so sold out that I will die there. Now, y'all are a good apostolic church. That was a perfect time to clap. But I wonder if God called you to pack a coffin tonight, would you have the same response? There was a man by the name of Andrew Milne, A.W. Milne. He would be shipping off to the New Hebrides. No clue where it is, just know that's where he's going. He bought a one-way ticket, and he packed his coffin. He set out on a one-way journey with the thing that he would be buried in. The guy that was taking him there, the captain said, man, I don't know if I'd do that. Every person that went there, they've been killed by the indigenous tribes. Not one person is left living. He went anyway. He went to these people that could not speak his language and did not know his God. And when he went in, nobody knew what he was going to find. Andrew Milne went to this place talking about Jesus. And what happened was he would grow old there and he would die of natural causes. They would bury him in the coffin that he packed so many years before. And in the middle of the town where this man was laid to rest, they would put up an epitaph that would read, when he came, there was no light. But when he left, there was no darkness. You see, the call of the darkness reaches out to the entirety of the world. But the same light that has called you into the beauty of God's kingdom now calls you to go. And I ask you, is the call so great that I can pack my coffin? Is it so much? Is the pull so strong that instead of just turning my back on what God wants to do in my life, I will say whatever it is, I'm all in. I feel God moving in this place right now. If you could just slip a hand up to the Lord. God, you see our hearts.
I know the call to pack a coffin seems so scary. It seems so final. It seems like it's so extreme. But let me tell you what happened yesterday. Bishop and Sister Williams, they took us on the history tour of the Rock Church. A little pink building just off of 2nd Street. Over to a Lions Club. There was another place in between there, I believe. I saw the picture. I saw the picture in his office of the first Sunday there as the kids stood on the outside in Sunday school, and they wanted to hear the man sing so bad, but they didn't let him go in, so what they did was they pressed their ear up to the wall. This is not in my sermon notes because I'm off of those now. This church is here right now because a man and a woman of God, when God called them to come, they brought their children, they packed their stinking coffin. And they moved across the world. If you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost under the ministry of Bishop Randy Williams, you received it under a man and a woman of God that when God came calling, they didn't say, I don't know if it's time. Well, maybe I'll just take a big suitcase and we'll stay for a... No, 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 no. No, when God came calling, they packed their coffin and all that they had and said, we will go. I ask you tonight, what does God want to do through you? Is it the next church? Is it the next daughter work? What is it? I wish I could just walk up to you tonight and I could shake you and say it's time to give it everything we have. I wish, I know, we're doing a lot of clapping. But I feel God taking us somewhere else. I wish I could walk up to you and I could shake you and say if you could only see what God sees and all he's calling you to do is not die. He's already done that. He's calling you to live for him. But is the call such that I will pack my coffin Let me tell you, God's calling on some people tonight. There was another man, I can't remember his name, but the quote's too good not to say it. There was another man that went to this place, and he and a, he and a group of people, they went and they were going to go uh, start this church in, in some faraway place. They did the same thing, packed their coffin. The captain said, if you go there, you will die. The man looked at him and said, we died before we came. A.W. Tozer said, in the heart of every Christian is a cross and a throne. Christians don't want to get off of the throne and pick up the cross. And in doing so, they keep Christ off of the throne in their heart. God is calling some people tonight to get off of the throne of their heart, to pick up their cross, and to pack a coffin. 
I know it's Sunday night and I know you're tired. If you could stand with me all across this place. There's a cry going up all across this place right now. What does packing your coffin look like? What does God want you to leave behind? Let me tell you what I look around and I see right now. There's a lot of thinking. Because you're thinking about what I said, and I appreciate you thinking about it. People that change the world don't do it with a suitcase. They do it with a one-way ticket and a coffin. And let me go ahead and encourage you. I don't know who this is for tonight, but I know it's for someone. You're going to have to shut the door on a lot of things. You're going to have to leave some past behind, and it's going to be incredibly difficult. But when you do, you're stepping into the mission of God. I have never known a person who has packed their coffin and drained the faithfulness of God dry. Never. If he calls you, he's faithful to supply for you. This is what I feel to do right now. This is what I'd like for us to do, and I hope this is okay. I'd like for our bishop to come. Because here's why. I pastor a church in Wilmington. I have their heartbeat. When I'm there, I'll preach what God puts on my heart because the mantle has rested on me. I believe the mantle rest, I believe God put it in my heart to preach this sermon tonight. But I believe your man of God has the anointing of God on his life to pray a prayer over this congregation. And this is what I ask that you do when he prays it. It's time to quit thinking. And it's time to start acting. And God tonight... God tonight is calling you, no matter your age, to pack your coffin and go. Lift your hands all over the sanctuary right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that even right now as our hands are lifted, God, that you would open our eyes that we may behold wondrous works. God, would you anoint the eyes of your people tonight to see the vision, God, of your perfect will for this house. God, open their eyes, and while their eyes are being opened, let them be captivated. Let them be drawn by your call to what they see in the Holy Ghost. God, as you open their eyes to see, would you begin to draw them into the destiny of this house tonight, Jesus. 
Oh, God, and I pray that tonight, as you anoint their eyes to see, God, that there would be a response not only to the vision, but the mission of this house tonight, God. Oh, that they would begin to reconcile what they see with what they are doing, God. And begin to make decisions tonight that say, I'm giving everything to the call of God tonight. I'm giving everything to the anointing that's on my life to be a part of what God is doing. Lord, I'm asking you right now, arrest the attention, arrest the hearts of your people in this place. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, all over this sanctuary. God is calling people uh, to the missions field, uh, not to another country, uh, not to another city, uh, but he's calling you to the mission field uh, of this house. Uh, He's calling you to the mission field uh, of the vision that's in this place tonight. Uh, Somebody lift up your hands uh, and just begin to yield to God. Uh, All he's looking for is a yes. Come on, all he's looking for. There's some families in this house right now. Come on. God wants to bless you. Not just for you to increase, but to use you to be a blessing. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Yes to your will. Yes to your will. Come on, if God's talking to you, I want you to get as close to this altar as you can right now. Come on, if God's talking to you, I want you to get as close to this altar. This altar represents the coffin. It's the place where self dies. It's the place where you lay yourself on the cross and you say, not my will, but thy will be done. Come on, is there anybody in the building that would get as close as you can to the altar and just begin to lay self on the altar tonight? Come on, here I am, God. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Come on. Come on, I'm giving my life tonight, God. I'm giving my life tonight, Jesus. I'm putting myself, I'm packing myself into that commitment tonight, God. Come on, come on. I'm taking my dreams and I'm putting them on the altar tonight. I'm taking my plans, God, and I'm laying them on the altar tonight. I'm taking my future, God, and I'm laying it on the altar tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody answer the call. Somebody answer the call of God tonight. Somebody answer the call of God. He's calling you to be a prayer warrior. He's calling you to be an intercessor. He's calling you to be a soul winner. He's calling you to be a conduit of the blessing of God. He's calling you to be a worshiper. Somebody answer the call tonight. Somebody answer the call tonight. 
Here I am, God. Here I am, God. Oh, God, right now, let the same calling.